today we're looking at monads in the real world. By the end of this episode, we will have a pretty good idea of what they are based on real, concrete, actual real world stuff. And I hope we can see a little bit of how they're defined mathematically. And uh, yeah, I just want to also say that this is this is going to be a completely metaphor-free monad explanation. Okay, these are not metaphors. I am trying to look for monads in the real world. Okay, like we can talk about um, other categories and how we see them in the real world. Uh, for instance, uh, a monoid, lots of monoids in the real world. So when you have a toy train set, you can detach them and then reattach them and they maintain the order when you reattach them. So it's a, it's a monoid, it's an associative, it has an identity. There's a whole episode on that. So if you want to learn about monoids, which I think are cooler than monads, by the way, go check out the monoid episode. This one's all about monads though. Metaphor free, the real monads that you have dealt with before. Okay, so before I get to the real world things, I want to just briefly talk about what a monad is in the abstract. And we'll touch on these and explain this through real world examples. So monads are mathematical objects, okay, they're values uh, that have a couple of properties. One is that they're functors. I have a whole episode on functors. Uh, basically, it means you can map over them. Some people think of functors as containers, but don't do that. That's a metaphor. We're not doing that in this one. A functor is something that you can map over. Okay, so a list, obviously, an array. You can map over an array. You can map over a maybe, meaning you apply the function if it has the if it has a value, if it doesn't have the value, if it's if it's nothing or none, then you can't apply you don't apply that uh, function. Okay. Now the second thing, so all all monads are functors. Let's just get that out of the way. There's a whole episode on functors. You should watch that. In addition to being a functor, a monad has a join operation, and that's the one we're gonna go deeply into in a couple of real-world examples. Okay, so why why are monads important? I'm going to try to explain this with a an example you might be familiar with. Uh, let's say I was uh, giving a gift to my friend and I told my friend his name is Bill. Bill I am giving you a box of chocolates. Happy birthday. He takes the box, you know, kind of a sizable box, and he thinks, wow, thank you. He goes home, and at home, he opens the box, and inside are lots of little boxes, boxes that fit inside the bigger box. And he opens those boxes up, and inside of those boxes are the chocolates. Now, is he going to call me and say, Hey, Eric, you said 
it was a box of chocolates, but it was actually a box of boxes of chocolates. No, he's not going to tell you that. He's going to eat the chocolate and just be happy. A type checker would balk at you, right? It would say, whoa, you said a box of chocolates, but there was an extra nesting of boxes in there that you forgot to mention, right? So what do you do when you have this this, uh, type error, right? It is a type error. I was not very specific. I was not as pedantic as a type checker needs to be. Okay, that I'm I'm admitting that I was acting <laughs> as a birthday gift. This was like a very human level. So that's what this join operation does. It allows you to go from box of boxes of chocolates to box of chocolates. Okay, it removes one level of nesting in a structured way that makes sense for that monad. Okay, that's what the, that's all it is. Is it just removes that one level of nesting in Scala and probably other languages I'm not familiar with. Um, functor is called mappable because it has the map method on it, and monad. It also has the map because it, remember it's all monads are functors, but it has flat mappable okay and that flat is like you're flattening one level of nesting okay so that's that's called join let's look at another example let's say I have a to-do list and you know it's like household chores and stuff but then I get to one thing that is actually a big enough task that it has five subtasks right and I want to make sure to get all of them done so as I'm going through I just go through you know one two three four and then when I get to five I have to do five dot one five dot two five dot three etc right I'm still doing them in order it's just they're nested they're nested in one list more right so I can do a join operation to flatten it into a single list, which is what I'm doing in my mind, right? Or as I read it, I flatten it. I read them sequentially from top to bottom. I kind of ignore the nesting, right? So this join operation lets us do the nesting in, our, in the structure of our data, but then undo it when we want it to be flat okay that's what join is all about and this to-do list example gives a clue about how uh, why something like Haskell uses monads for sequencing IO operations because sometimes an IO operation actually has you know, several steps in it, right? And what it needs to do is flatten them all out into just like a long string of things to do, right? It doesn't want to have to like go nest in there and come and like have a stack where it 
you know, as a tree, because it would turn into a tree. It can flatten it all out and just run straight down. Okay, that's one part of the of the monad that Haskell uses. Okay, so I, I, I hope that by showing this as a real example, a real-world example, that you see that these aren't that hard to understand. Now, when you take them into out of the real world and into a very abstract expression, it's very there's not much to them because every monad is different, really. Every monad is, has a different structure and different way of joining different semantics for how they join. And so there's not that much in common except that it's a functor and it has the join operation. And there's a few monad laws because it has to be associative and it has to be, it has to have an identity. Okay. Th those, um, those usually are, are pretty straightforward. Um, now, in Haskell, and in Scala with flat map, remember I talked about flat map, the equivalent in Haskell is called bind. And what bind does is it's really joining the map from the functor joining. It's composing the map with a join. Okay, so it, it's uh, uh, sometimes more convenient to use bind than to use the, the map and join. It's more convenient to use flat map than the map and flatten. Okay. Uh, and so that's why uh, we see bind together, uh, like we're defined uh, as like one of the, the two operations of monad. But really, I think that the join is easier to work with at, from real world stuff. And the map already comes from it being a functor, so you don't have to define two different operations. So I want to go over maybe, which is a type in Haskell. It has equivalents in other languages. It's called option in Scala. I think option. Yeah, option in Scala. Um, but it's, it's really got the same semantics. Maybe is a type that has two possible cases two constructors. One is when you have a value and one is when you don't. So it's used for representing optional values. I either have the value or I don't. Okay. And th this has the two cases. So in a, in a lot of languages, you might use a value or null to represent I don't have it. Well, in Haskell, it is, uh, there's a type that represents this. And that, that helps you, like if you don't have a maybe, you know you won't get null, right? So there's only certain cases that you have to specifically call out. I will have, it, I may or may not have an answer on this function, right? And in the, that case, there's, uh, so there's two, there's the two cases are called just and nothing. Okay. So there's, um, just is when you have the value, so it's, you might say, I have just five. It's just five. There's no other meaning behind it besides I have it. Then the nothing is when you don't have the answer. All right, so how does join work on a maybe? Because maybe is a monad. 
first, let's do the functor. So how does map work on a monad? Let's say I want I have five, and I want to map increment over that just five. Okay, so we have to cover the two cases. Let's do that just case first. So I want to map uh, increment over this value, uh, and and I, and it's a just. Okay, so it's just five. What it's going to do is it because it's a just, it's going to return. Uh, 5 plus 1 in a new just okay it's gonna make a new maybe with a just constructor that's got the answer to kind of reaching into the maybe grabbing the value calling the function on it get an answer put it back in the in the in the type right so it's a just with 6 now if it has a nothing that's easy there's nothing to call the function on, so you just return in nothing again. Okay, so those are the two cases. You've covered it all. Okay, that's what map does over maybe. Now, what about join? Well, in join, we have to deal with the nesting. I'll handle the easiest case first. So this is the type signature would be maybe, maybe, int. Okay, maybe. With in, nested inside the maybe is a maybe int. Okay, so the easiest form of this type, the easiest value of this type, is if the outer maybe is a nothing. Okay, there's actually several cases that we have to deal with now because we have the nesting. The outer maybe is a nothing, so that's easy. I just return nothing. That's what the join does. Now, the other case is if the outer one is a just and the inner one is a nothing. We have to get rid of the nesting. I don't have a value, so that's also nothing. Okay, so we have two cases that result in nothing. But if I have a just, just five, then when I join that, it becomes just five. It gets rid of one of the, one of the, layers of maybe on it okay and th those are the three possible cases so if the outer one is nothing it returns nothing if the inner one is nothing it returns nothing otherwise it just collapses it into a single just okay instead of two justs okay so that's it that's that's monad and they're they're used a lot in haskell because of this property of being able to unnest stuff in a in a way that you you can expect and reason about. If I have a calculation that returns a maybe, and then I want to do something to the thing inside of it, but sometimes it's nothing. You know, I don't have to think about that. I don't have to put an if statement that says, well, if it's nothing, then you know do this. But if it's something, do this. I don't have to write that anymore. It's that conditional that. Those two cases are handled automatically by the join. And that is why they use it in Haskell, because it makes it easy to write the nice case where you do have, uh, where everything is returning values, and the case where something returns a nothing ha happens 
automatically for you. That's that's why it's why they do that. Okay, uh, well, this has been uh, a deeper episode than I thought it would be. Uh, we got into what a monad is mathematically. It's a functor with a join operation. Uh, we went over two real-world examples, a box of boxes of chocolates, and also a to-do list where there's like nested lists in there. And we also saw how maybe works in Haskell and why, why it's used in Haskell, what, what, it's used, what it's useful for. Awesome. I hope this helped. If it did, you might want to see other episodes you can go to lispcast.com slash podcast and see all the old episodes. Each one includes audio, video, and text. You can also find links to subscribe wherever you want to subscribe and social media so you can get in touch with me and complain that I've created yet another monad tutorial. Um, this has been my thought on functional programming. My name is Eric Normand. And thank you for being there. Rock on.